Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And today we're going to have spiritual potpourri number three. Have you ever had one of those days? You know what I mean, the kind of day when nothing seems to be working the way you intended it to. That particular day was just such a day. I had a wonderful idea of what to put in a certain space in the bulletin for the congregation. I worked and messed with the computer, but it would not let me put what I wanted to put right where I wanted to put it. That computer was behaving like a recalcitrant child, and even though I am sure there was something I could have done to fix the problem, I sure did not know what it was. Here I was, being frustrated by a machine. That computer cannot get up and walk out of my office, although I have thought of giving it an assistance in a rapid departure out of the window from time to time. I'm so sure that my little gateway laptop does not possess artificial intelligence, so it can't think for itself. All it can do is what I tell it to do, and if it doesn't do it, it means that I'm not telling it correctly. I wonder how frustrated God gets when we don't do what he tells us to do. We do possess intelligence. We can understand what God says, and we can do it. We are not machines. If we don't follow God's commands, it is because we don't want to. Second, I want to talk to you about a piece of furniture that I bought. I recently purchased a new desk for my office at home. And when I was looking for it, I was looking for a piece of furniture kind of desk. That would be the last desk that I would ever buy. And I must tell you, I was stunned at the prices traditional furniture stores were asking for their desks. So I went to a rather large manufacturer of sturdy furniture at a reasonable price. The only catch is that you must assemble the furniture yourself or pay a large assembly fee. But the salesman assured me that it would take maybe three or four hours to put it together tops. Well, after approximately 10 hours of labor on that incredibly heavy desk, I was at the point where it could now be turned right side up and the drawers put into place. It took both my son and myself to lift that desk and to turn it right side up. As we turned it, the top of the desk that I had spent a considerable amount of money for and had expended 10 hours of my life assembling came off. Yes, that is right. That top came right off, ripping the connectors out of the wood. Well, after maneuvering the bottom part of the desk into place, we put the top back on it as best as we could. Then we began to insert the drawers. Since the runners for the drawers were numbered in the directions, 
but not in actuality. It turned out that we had to remove some and change them around in order to get the drawers to function properly. Upon closer examination, it turned out that the desktop was warped, thereby putting constant pressure on the connectors, and that is why it came off. My wife, bless her heart, said, it's still a beautiful piece of furniture and no one will ever know. And she's right. It is a beautiful piece of furniture and if we ever have to move it, at least I'll know that the top comes off. In many ways, my experience with the desk is a lot like life in general. It rarely goes as smoothly as we would like and sometimes it even seems like the top comes off. Little adjustments have to be made along the way. And sometimes we have to redo something in order to get it right. As we move along with the smile upon our faces, most will never know the ups and downs, the struggles and the difficulties that have gone together to make us what we are. The desk is not perfect, and neither am I. If we are faithful children of God, that doesn't mean that we are perfect. None of us is perfect. But as his children, the time will come when we will be perfect. John tells us in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, the following. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him in a resurrected body, fit to live eternally with the Lord in heaven. That is perfection. One other thing I'd like to talk to you about today is the fact that we live in a day and a time when no one seems to want to take responsibility for their own actions, and very few want to hold individuals accountable for what they have done. If a person commits a crime, well, it's society's fault. If a person engages in behavior that is detrimental to their health, such as drinking, smoking, overeating, or taking illicit drugs, it's not because they're doing something wrong. It's because they're sick, suffering from a disease of some sort. No one wants to take responsibility. It seems as though the rallying cry of the day says, don't blame me. Well, this isn't a new phenomenon. It has been occurring since man first appeared on the earth. When God confronted Adam for eating the forbidden fruit, his response was, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. So Adam blamed Eve and even God himself. When Eve was questioned, she responded with, The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. It wasn't her fault, it was the serpent's fault. God told the people of Judah that they should blame no one else for their defeat and captivity at the hands of the Babylonians. In Jeremiah 31 verses 29 and 30 we find, In those days they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth shall be set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. Later, while actually in the Babylonian captivity, God told the people through the prophet Ezekiel 
What mean ye that ye use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge? As I live, saith the Lord God, you shall not have occasion any more to use this proverb. That's Ezekiel 18, verses 2 and 3. I suppose that there is some comfort to be found in not accepting responsibility for our own actions, particularly if there will be negative consequences for doing so. It is understandable when a small child is caught in the midst of some transgression and responds by saying, I didn't do it, or perhaps, it's not my fault. After all, a small child is in the process of learning to accept responsibility. But it is a sad thing indeed when an adult seeks to shift the blame. There is a basic and consistent principle taught throughout God's Word. It is clearly stated in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Paul wrote, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We are personally responsible for the things that we do or don't do. Ultimately, it will not matter if we have convinced others and ourselves that the sinful things we have done are just not our fault. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. It is so much better, as well as being pleasing to God, to simply accept responsibility for our actions. Repent when repentance is called for, Make the necessary corrections. In God's sight, we are responsible for what we do. Thank you for listening.